Chazal have warned us not to be misatzel the hespedo shel chacham. The Gemara tells us in Masech the Shabbos that Kufeim and Beis that when Yehoshua bin Nun passed away, the people did not eulogize him sufficiently, and therefore they were punishable. Rav Gedalia Dov Schwartz, Zichronel of Racha, was certainly a Chacham, and we dare not be misatzel behespedo. We dare not be too lazy to try to appreciate him, all that he did, all that he stood for. I'd like to, with the brief time allotted to me, make an attempt, just an attempt to shed some light on who he was for the Talmud of Abes Medrash, as this is the official Sichas Musr in Abes Medrash, even though it's on Zoom. Many are in the Abes Medrash, as I see from the lights in the background. I believe that it would be wise to get a greater appreciation to read some of the beautiful Hespedim, which were said at his Levaya, particularly the ones by our own Harav Yonaris, Shlita, Rabbi Metanki Shlita, people who knew Rabbi, White, Rabbi Schwartz very well for many years. In our brief presentation, I'd like to go back to the Yehoshua of biblical times and perhaps draw some parallels to Rabbi Schwartz, the Chronicle of Rocha. Rabbi Schwartz is named after his grandfather, Rabbi Gedalia. Of Schwartz, who was a Tabba in the famous Yeshiva of Balozhin, in some ways a forerunner of our own Yeshiva, it was called Eitz Chaim, as our original Yeshiva was called back in 1886. And I'd like to share, based on the words of one of the greatest people born in Balozhin, Rabbi Yitzhak Zev Soloveitchik, the Briskarov, born to his father, Abchaim, was a Yeshiva in Balozhin at the time. In his commentary on Chumash, it's found at the beginning of Parshas Vayelech. Let us begin by seeing the words of Chumash and Rashi upon which the Briskarov reflects. The very beginning of Parshas Vayelech, Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking to Yoshua, his successor. And Moshe Rabbeinu tells Yoshua two things which are seemingly are contradictory. He says, Ki tavo in Pasuk Zion, you shall come with this people, with this people. Says Rashi, The elders of the generation shall be with you. Everything in accordance with their opinion and advice. But Hashem said to Yoshua, this is later on in the very same Perak, it's Perak Laman Aleph in Sefer Devarim, we go from Pasuk Zion to Pasuk Chof Gimel. And there the Torah tells us, Moshe tells Yeshua, Ki tovi es Yisrael. You shall bring the children of Israel. Not you shall go in, come with the people, but bring the people. Says Rashi, Hashem says to Yeshua, Tavi es Yisrael. You will bring them Tavi al karcham against the will. Hakol talui b'cha. 
all depends upon you, not upon them. Take a rod and hit them on their heads. One leader for a generation and not two. There's an obvious contradiction. Which one is it? Is, is, he, is he going with them or bringing them in against their will and hitting them on the head? Says the Briskarov that Yoshua, in fact, had two appointments. Two. The same two that Moshe Rabbeinu had. Moshe Rabbeinu was a king. According to some, by Hebishu and Melech refers to Moshe Rabbeinu. But Moshe Rabbeinu was also the head of the Sanhedrin. So Moshe had these two appointments. And these two appointments are the respective instructions given to Yoshua. The first appointment, Tavo Es, all dependent on on your colleagues in the in the Bezdin, that's in your role as Av Bezdin. Kiatovi Es, one leader, bang him on the head, that's in your role as the king. Adkan, the words of the Briskarov. However, he references an earlier passage, not in Parshas Vayelach, but in Parshas Pinchas. I'd like to dwell a few moments on this Parsha in Pinchas. And of course, apply it to Rabbi Schwartz, Zichron of Racha. What happens is a strange parsha. Moshe Rabbeinu asks to have a successor appointed. Interesting. Rashi says something amazing. Shifchan shal tzadikim. When they're about to p- pass on, this is, remember, after the instructions of Hashem to Moshe, go to Hara Avarim, and you're going to die there. So, they're concerned about the community, not their own personal needs. Yet Rashi says in the, the next Pasuk, He is they got their father's portion. My time has come to answer my needs. That my sons will take over my position. Hashem says, no. Yoshua ben Nun should get And the question is, wait a minute. We see that two Rashis, most concerned about the community, and then he's concerned about his own family. How does that jive? It seems like a contradiction from one verse to the next. And in general, the question becomes, didn't Moshe Rabbeinu realize Yoshua was uh, his premier student? He wants his own son to take his place? I believe the answer is as follows. Moshe knew all along that Yoshua was going to be his successor as the Av Bezdin. However, he felt, as we have sometimes a separation of church and state in modern times, there would be a separation of, of these powers, as was throughout almost all of Jewish history. There was a Melech and an Avbezdin. And he wanted Yeshua, of course, to be the Avbezdin, but he felt his son was more qualified than others to be the Melech. As we read in Parashat Shoftim, who born of the care of Yisrael, if, the king, if his son is in any way qualified, he has priority. Not necessarily the most qualified, but if you're going to choose from the whole nation, there'll be fights and more fights and more fights. It's, a, it's appropriate for the community to have the son succeed the father to el- eliminate these fights. And that's why the request for his own son was really for the Tzorchei Tzibur, 
there shouldn't be any fights. Had there been an independent king, perhaps that would have been Moshe's son. But Hashem responded, no, no. It's not going to be a separate king and a separate... Abed. Yeshua is going to be both. For another discussion, this, I believe, is a Kodesh Baruch Hu's plan A. There should be no separation. In almost all generations there was, that's only plan B. And that's perhaps the expression of Kach Olsav and Machshava Lefonai. That my initial plan, let's see, you find the phrase in the beginning of Rashi and Pasha, in the beginning of Rashi's, also Machshava Lefonai is plan A. The, what we call, Bitzchila, or we means Lichatchila. Ideally, it should be one person. But it usually doesn't work out. This is the understanding. So, therefore, Yoshua, like Moshe before him, occupied both positions. If this being the case, we can understand what happens a little bit later on in the Parsha. Hashem says to Moshe, Yoshua benun bo. Says Rashi, Take it with words. How fortunate are you, privileged are you, to lead the children of Hashem. Fine. And then Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, and place your hand upon him. Your hand. One hand. Okay. We go further with the parasha. And what happens? Moshe Rabbeinu says, says Rashi, the Kochobidvarim, with words. The reward of the leaders of Israel in the next world, says the Sifsei Chachamim. Hashem told Moshe and prosecute Ches how fortunate in this world. Moshe went beyond that and said he'd receive a great reward in the world to come. So says the Mizrahi and the Sifsei Chachamim. He went beyond what Hashem had told him. And similarly, in the very next Pasuk, Yismoch es Yodav Olav. Says Rashi once again, more than he was commanded. Hashem said, who also two hands. He made him into a vessel which is full and brimming over, and filled him with wisdom generously. May I suggest? What's one hand, what's two hands? Hashem told Moshe now, appoint Yoshua as the king. You asked about a king. He's going to be the king. There was no necess- not necessarily a command to appoint him at that moment as the Avezdin. But Moshe took the initiative. One hand was to be the king. Two hands. Not only are you the king, you'll be the Avezdin as well. Those are the two hands. And that's why it says, the extra hand is not for the kingship. The king is only one hand. The extra hand is a great deal of filled in with wisdom. It's full and bringing over with wisdom. This is the interpretation. And perhaps the two linked. The privilege of a, of a leader in this world, of a kingly leader, is in this world. That's what Hashem told them. He's talking about a king. But by adding these, going to be the Avezdin, the spiritual leader, as well as the temporal leader, he felt it compelled to tell him of the great reward he's going to receive in the next world, the spiritual world, over and above the temporal world. This is the Devar Torah with which I would like to begin our presentation for this evening. Rav Schwartz, Zechat Tzadik Levrocha, 
was a Yehoshua. He received his wisdom from the Moshe's of the previous generation. It's important to understand that Yeshua brought the people into a new land. He got his, his, his wisdom from Moshe Rabbeinu. As a matter of fact, he just tried to reflect that wisdom. As Chazal tell us, Pnei Moshe Kipnei Chama, Pnei Yeshua Kipnei Levona. It was not only a lesser light, but a reflective light. This was Yeshua's goal, to reflect the radiance of Moshe Rabbeinu in a new land, in the Holy Land, which Moshe Rabbeinu was not privileged to enter. Rabbi Schwartz's Rebbeim were Europeans, born in Europe, trained in Europe, greater, some of the greatest minds of Europe. Rabbi Schwartz is a youngster who was born in 1925 in Newark, New Jersey. As I mentioned, his grandfather studied in Valazhin, was friends with Shimon Shkup, but his father was a baker in Newark. And Rabbi Schwartz grew up in the Yiddish-speaking milieu. He spoke a perfect Yiddish as well as a perfect English because he went to public school. Yes, I repeat, public school, through, straight through high school. That's how it was in Newark, New Jersey in that period of time. We can't believe it, but that's, that's the truth. But fortunately, there was a Rabbi Mendelssohn in Newark, a very big Talmud Chacham, who took Rabbi Schwartz under his wing and was in effect his private tutor for all those years. The Rabbi Mendelssohn from our yeshiva is his great-grandson. And there Rabbi Schwartz excelled both in his Limudei Kodesh on a private basis and the Limudei Chol. He should have been the valedictorian of his class, but they took it away. He missed a couple of days because of Yom Tov. This is, this is 1940, 42. Things were not the same as they are now. Then he entered our yeshiva and he learned with all these great rabbis. It became a tremendous time at Chacham. So to all those on the Zoom today, maybe you feel that your early chinuch until you got to our yeshiva wasn't uh, so great. Maybe the day school you went to wasn't at the highest level. More than the public school, which Rabbi Schwartz attended. So therefore, you can become also a great time at Chacham. But there's no shortcuts. No shortcuts. It's only hard work. And more hard work. And more hard work. Rabbi Schwartz poured all of his great wisdom, his talents, and his hard work to become a tremendous Talmud Chacham. As a matter of fact, after he completed his, and got a smicha in our yeshiva, Dr. Belkin, Zichron Lebracha, told him, you know, you are of the high caliber to become a Rebbe in our yeshiva. Maybe you should stick around, and you know, some people stick around and get that position at one point in time when it becomes available. As it turned out, Rabbi Schwartz initially went to Providence, Rhode Island. He left because the shul wanted to take away the mechitza. This is what's going on. Yes, this is what's going on in the late 40s in this country. And he came back to serve as a rabbi in the New York area for a brief period in Brooklyn. At the same time, we were waiting for that position to happen, but it, it didn't come. He went to take another job in, in English Town, New Jersey, not far from Lakewood. He put out a safer called Divrei Regesh in 1959. The introduction is very, very beautiful. It was cited by Rabbi Zev Kohn, Shalita, the Rabbi of the Assurance Shul, Rabbi Schwartz Daven for the last 30 years plus. An introduction in which he says, you know, my dear colleagues in the rabbinate, you got to learn. In those days, rabbis were functionaries. You know, there were social directors and they 
there were orators and 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 life cycle uh, leaders, but learning wasn't their top priority. It wasn't that much of a demand for this for the populace at the time. And he said, no, a rabbi has to learn seriously no matter what. He put out a sefer which has chidushe Torah from Brachas to Nida, a beautiful sefer which is meant primarily to inspire his colleagues, his rabbinic colleagues to learn more. And as I said before, none of them rose to the level that he did in terms of being accepted as a posek, and most of them weren't that much into their learning either. He tried to encourage them. The Sefer has come for Abar and Kotla, which is not only geographical because uh, Rabbi English town is not far from Lakewood, but also Rabbi Schwartz's father-in-law, Rabbi Pupko, was close to, to Rabbi Kotler, and he got that Haskama. Shortly thereafter, he moved to Philadelphia, where his father-in-law had lived. He got a position there. And there, when the, his brother-in-law was doing the Gittin, uh, passed away, he took over. There was a Mokam Shinanoshi Mishtadali Osish. He became a Masada Gittin on his own. And he was doing this in Philadelphia for a number of years. And then he here became also expert in Kashras and slaughterhouses. These are, are talents which are those of a generation later never got to learn. And then, in 1968, he was called on to take the prestigious position of the young Israel of Borough Park, succeeding the great Rabbi, Rabbi Mursky, who, who preceded him in that position. And he was very highly regarded in young Israel of Borough Park, which was then a, a very huge shul, hundreds and hundreds of members, people that I know, Davin there in those years, when Borough Park had a a uh, much different type of a population, uh, much more, we'll call them, uh, religious Zionist or- orientation, or maybe we'll call it somewhat modern orientation, certainly not completely Hasidic as it is as it is now. And he was their very, very highly regarded rabbi for all those years, I believe it was 18 years. Came to New York, and he started working in our basin, the basin of America, as a Masada Gittin, under the guide, guidance of the brother of, I, I, I still now relish thinking how Rabbi Schwartz would pronounce it with his European race, the brother of, who, who had such great respect. He was the Reverend Brod before the war. I lived in the, on the Upper West Side of Rabbi Steinberg, Zichron of Racha, whom I met uh, only once. And he was a great, great Poisic, when already in Europe. And he was the head of our best in, in those years. Rabbi Schwartz, together with a number of his colleagues, Rabbi Rifkin, Rabbi Wagner, were very much involved in administering the Gittin and doing other things in, in the Bezdin. When Rabbi Steinberg passed away, Rabbi Schwartz already had moved to his final position as the Avbezdin of Chicago, where he served with great distinction for many decades. This is 1987. Shortly thereafter, the brother of passed away. Avbezdin attempted, according to the biography, to find the new Avbezdin for four years and came up empty. And they finally realized it. He's right here. He's Rabbi Schwartz, who was with our Bezin for many years before he moved to Chicago. He should take this position as well, which he did, which he did. And it involved a lot of traveling. And when Rabbi Schwartz assumed the position of our Bezin, of the Bezin of America, it was 1992. You do the math. He was not a youngster. He was not, even when he went to Chicago, he was not really a youngster. In both positions were assumed when he was in his 60s. But he was very hale and hearty. He really was until he suffered a, a very di- difficult stroke a number of years ago. He was strong and he was clear and 
very, very lucid and very powerful in his presentations, both public and private, till that stroke, which was close, it was about 90 when that, when that stroke took place. So it was, he, he served with great distinction in these respective positions for decades, for decades. It's important to understand that uh, I was asked to speak, but I'm a sort of a kind of a, almost a Johnny come lately in Rabbi Schwartz's illustrious career as someone who had a strong connection with him because he took over our bezin in 1992 and I was asked to help out in 1997, uh, five years into his tenure as the Av Bezin. I was asked to, be, to assist him somewhat and we worked together, I would say, uh, for a solid uh, 20 years. And every time I was impressed by Rabbi Schwartz's Yehoshua type personality, which means he could be tough. He could say what had to be said in very uncompromising terms. When he had to be the Dabar Echad La'am, he had to take the Mak of the Hachal Kolkado, hit somebody over the head, whether it be a rabbinic personality or a Baldin or someone in, in a slaughterhouse. It didn't matter who. If he was the king, he was the king. And he knew how to hold that rod over people's heads when he had to do so as the king. Yet, despite that fact, despite that fact, he certainly was with respect to his colleagues in the Bezin who were 20, 40, 50 years younger than him to treat us as equals. He never had any heirs, no pretense, no no, you know, lording over anybody. On the contrary, he was always interested in hearing what those who were younger had to say. And of course, we lacked all the background that he had. We weren't as fluent in the Yiddish language. We weren't, certainly were not fluent in the slaughterhouse aspect of his, of his uh, Rabbonus that he had because he was involved. Uh, by the time we got here, things were already being processed somewhere in Iowa, but by and large, but he had so much to offer to us. And his phenomenal memory was not only for Divrei Torah, but for human relationships and stories as well. He could regale us endlessly with stories that he had from a long life and a long rabbinical career. Each story had an object lesson, a Musa Haskell. It wasn't just a silly talk. Tells us. We had to learn the many lessons he taught us by telling us all these stories of this experience and that experience and what he learned from this rabbi and in this town and this situation. And he was therefore very, very highly regarded by so many, so many people. So many people. I believe that Rabbi Schwartz's first saver, Divrei Regesh, which he entitled as Rabbi Gedalia Schwartz, a Russia Tavis, was also something which was much more than he said. He said in his introduction, he wanted to be margish Azara, as Gemara tells us in Masech to Yuma, to, to excite people, to get them excited about their learning. But of course, the word regish also means feeling. And Rabbi Schwartz had a lot of feeling. He felt for people. He felt for their plight, all kinds of personal status situations. He felt for the plight of the people. And as a result, he came up with leniencies which not all of his colleagues, even in the Bezdin, were willing to, to accept. And certainly beyond 
who was often criticized for being too lenient. He was not too lenient. He was lenient because he had a regesh, he had a feeling for the plight of others. And Chazal teaches, Koach de Tera Adif, we're supposed to find leniencies in these types of situations. Of course, not every leniency is universally accepted. So there's a, there is, you know, a back and forth. Rabbi Schwartz was always a gentleman, but he was attacked from various stands that he took. He just he let it go right past him. And he maintained, he thought he was right. And he maintained his position. Of course, like any good rabbi, he was attacked from the right and from the left. From the right for being too lenient and from the left for being too strict. That's a good thing. He felt that he, he, he was right and he maintained his positions despite the criticism. But it, it, the leniencies, I believe, were based on this regish that he had, the feeling for others, which of course had to be accompanied by halachic integrity as he saw it. And therefore, I want to conclude my remarks by saying, as Rabbi Reese alluded to in his remarks at the Leviah towards the beginning, that he heard from me that a different Rosh Tevis I had for Rabbi Schwartz. Not Regesh Rabbi Gedalia Schwartz, but Gedalia Dov Schwartz. Gedalia Dov Schwartz spells the word Godish. You mentioned the word Godish in Rashi before, that Yoshua was Mole V'Godish B'Chachma. He was brimming, overflowing with wisdom. Rabbi Gedalia Dov Schwartz was certainly Mole V'Godish B'Chachma. Yes, that was he received from his Rebbeim, but also that which he earned himself by hard work. I'm speaking to Talmidim and the Beis Medrash, primarily a Sichas Musa. Hard work, there's no substitute. You have to learn, and you have to review, and you have to concentrate, you have to focus, and you have to be, yes, not all of you are going to be Klei Kodesh, Rabbanim, Mechanchem, Tzilin, but you still have a responsibility to learn. Some of you will hopefully become in that capacity. Chazal tell us that elef nechnosim ve'echad yotzi l'hara. We pride ourselves with yeshiv with thousands of students. And one can come out in Rabbi Schwartz's generation, I said before, he was the one who came out to be a, a highly regarded postdoc internationally from that whole group of his contemporaries, all of whom kulam ahuvim, but then we reached that pinnacle because he was the one who imbibed from his rebbe's, worked hard himself, developed skills later on in life, and was never afraid to do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted him to do as he saw fit. And with his charming personality and his keen intellect and his sense of feeling, the regish of what we spoke before, he was amazingly successful. He was so accepted in circles where beyond his own yeshiva, both right and left. In Chicago, he dealt nicely with with the Agudas Yisrael Bezdin and their their Abbezdin. And he dealt with all kinds of people from CRC, the Chicago Rabbinical Council, which is, at least when he came, certainly was quite a, a heterogeneous group of rabbis. He had a, a sprach, a language with everybody. Such an individual is much too great to be encapsulated in, in a simple few-minute presentation by myself. I tried a little bit to share with you with Vartora, because Rabbi Schwartz would never, never just start a presentation with the matter at hand without giving it to Vartora first. I try to follow in his footsteps in that fashion, and in the limited time remaining, to try to capture a glimpse of who this great man was, a man of regesh, a man who was moli v'godesh b'chokhmah. Remember, there were two blessings that 
Moshe gave to him. One, Ashrechem Ba'olam Azeh, to be a Melech. And two, tell the great schar that the Parnasi Yisrael have Lo'olam Abo. Now that Rabbi Schwartz has transferred from his position in Olam Azeh to his position in Olam Abo, we are confident he is now enjoying the great schar of all the mitzvahs and masim tovim which he performed in this world. Tehei nishmasa tzerura b'tzerar hachayim.